miniature retreat. And that's the beauty of Virgin Most Powerful Radio today. Since the podcasts are archived, you can listen anytime on our smartphone app. I know how listening to Catholic audio can bring you closer to Christ and His Church. So I encourage you to visit the App Store or go to vmpr.org and download the app today. It just might change your life. I'm Matthew Arnold for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity. Hour of Power, the Terry and Jesse Show. My name is Jesse Romero, the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Latin lover of Our Lady. My partner Terry's out doing some apostolic work. Uh, he'll be back tomorrow. Lot to talk about today on the rundown. Now, it looks like I'm going to be having Paul Clay join me as my, uh, as my uh, co-host any minute now. A <clears throat> uh, couple things on the rundown. We, we want to talk about Cardinal Mueller and the way he criticizes heretics and globalists at the Synod. And he also reaffirms that God never blesses sin. Also, we're going to be talking about Pope Francis has a new book and it hails Islam as a religion of peace. Also on the rundown, you have anti-Christian bigot Jen Psaki, who uh, works for the uh, Alphabet Network. She's uh, warning Democrats that Speaker Mike Johnson, newly elected speaker, is dangerous because he's a Bible-believing Christian. Oh, no. How scary is that? Uh, Today's the last day of October. The Catholic Church dedicates uh, each month of the year to a certain devotion. The month of October is dedicated to the Holy Rosary. Make sure you pray your Holy Rosary sometime today, especially before the ghouls and goblins come to your door. Good. It's also a good uh, tomorrow is the holy day of obligation, All Saints Day. But it's not a bad idea to go to Holy Mass today if you can before the ghouls and goblins come knocking at your door. And it's also good to pray rosary, your angelus, your divine mercy, your morning prayers, wear your sacramentals. Make sure you uh, you bless your house tonight with holy water, uh, simple prayers. Grab take Psalm 91. Here's what I'm going to recommend everybody. Psalm 91 is the oldest exorcism prayer in Judeo-Christianity. Open up your Bible to Psalm 91. Get some holy water. Stand in the middle of your living room. Make the sign of the cross and say, I claim Psalm 91 protection over my entire house and property. Sprinkle holy water in your living room and pray Psalm 91. That way you're, that way you're, that, that's a, 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 a prayer, a perimeter protection prayer for your house. Uh, I see Paul here, my co-host. Paul, welcome, my friend. Thanks. For Thank you, on. Jess. Thank you. Hey, let me talk about some news items, then we'll get into some of the readings of today, and we'll get into the first topic. Some of the news items that are worth mentioning. Um, a Mesa, Arizona school teacher 
not too far from me. It's about two cities away from me, Mesa, Arizona. The teach is a math teacher named Juan, I mean Jesse Reese. He was placed on leave for dressing as the devil with a pitchfork in his hand and chanting Hail Satan over his students. And so, uh, thankfully, a lot of parents were up in arms and they went and uh, told the administration and he's been suspended. Good for you, parents. Way to protect your kids. Also, another news item. Wife of Jordan Peterson, Tammy Peterson, She's going through RCA. She's becoming a Catholic. Tammy Peterson <clears throat> said in the hospital uh, as, she was, uh, as she was struggling with cancer that her and her husband, Jordan Peterson, the famous, very famous psychologist, they prayed the rosary together every morning and they shared their thoughts about faith and family. Well, Tammy Peterson was miraculously healed of cancer by, uh, she says, by St. Jose Maria de Escriva and the Holy Rosary and now uh, this uh, this uh, this wife of the most respected psychologist in the world is coming into the Catholic Church. So I don't think it'll be that much longer before Jordan Peterson comes in himself. And by the way, uh, Candace Owens is on a uh, on a steady reading diet of Catholic history and and, and, and literature. And so uh, Candace Owens is also. Uh, is also studying Christianity, and I know where that's going to lead her. Trust me, because she's a very intelligent young woman. <laughs> yeah, that's what I tell people all the time. Just that, listen, the the pot at the end of the rainbow is the one holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. <laughs> Amen, brother. Also, here's another great news. Uh, an article just came out that says that dads are spending more time with their children. I'm happy to see that. It says uh, Dr. Susan Berry for Catholic Vote says. American fathers are spending more time per week with their children, especially college-educated and married dads, writes Dr. Susan Berry. That's from a research brief from uh, Wendy Wang, director of research at the Institute of Family Studies. The researcher also notes another recent uh, trend. There's a modest decline in the number of children who live in fatherless homes. So that's another bit of good news. Praise God. Also, the Jerusalem Patriarch consecrates the Holy Land to Our Lady. For the first time since the outbreak of the war between Israel and Hamas on October 7th, the Catholic Church of the Holy Land gathered around its Patriarch, the Cardinal, on the feast day of Our Lady, Queen of Palestine, and the Holy Land, and consecrated the local church and the entire land to her. Way to go, Cardinal. Good job. Yes. And also, and we'll talk about more about this in the fourth segment, uh, <clears throat> Critics, left, leftist woke critics are criticizing the, the new Speaker of the House, uh, the, the Speaker Johnson. They're calling him a Christian nationalist. They're branding him a dangerous Christian nationalist. And in the leftist media's lexicon, what Christian nationalism, it, it, it doesn't refer to the handful of people who would like to repeal the First Amendment. It refers to people who think bad secular court decisions have drastically curtailed the framers' vision of the free exercise of religion over the last several decades. And if that's the definite of Christian nationalist, I guess I'm one. Because I do think the Supreme Court since the 60s has been giving us horrible decisions that go against the word of God. And uh, even just by natural law, a lot of the Supreme Court decisions in the last couple of decades 
have been horrible. Paul, I want to share, uh, and then I want to get your comment on it. Today's first reading at the, at the, at the Novus Ordo Mass, the first reading is Romans chapter 8, verse 18 to 25. I want to share that, and we'll talk a little bit about that. St. Paul talks about, in Romans chapter 8, verses 18 to 25, he says, Brothers and sisters, now, I, I got to say something there. Notice, sometimes you'll hear it at church, mostly in Novus Ordo Parishals, you hear people will say, sisters and brothers as the as the lay lectors read it doesn't say that they they're changing the words themselves because Mm -hmm. these these leftist woke lay lectors when they go up there and do the first reading and they see brothers and sisters especially some feminists they'll say oh i'm not going to say so you'll hear as i'm sitting down in the pew they'll say sisters and brothers and in my mind i say didn't say that doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. They just switched it right there, and they don't have the authority to switch God's word. And a lot of woke leftist uh, Catholic lectors in, in the Novus Ordo Mass, they will flip the words because they can't see themselves saying brothers before sisters the way God has ordained things Adam and Eve. Mm. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are as nothing compared with the glory to be revealed for us. For creation awaits with eager expectation the revelation of the children of God. For creation was made subject to futility, not of its own accord, but because of the one who subjected it, in hope that creation itself would be set free from slavery to corruption. So here's St. Paul is talking about the whole theology. One day there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. The new earth will be transubstantiated into the new heaven. And that's a theology St. Paul is developing here in Romans chapter 8, verses 18 to to 19. Then he says, and share, in other, uh, the human persons and the world are going to share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that all creation is groaning in labor pains even until now. And not only that, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. We also groan within ourselves as we await for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. In other words, the body that you have right now, guess what? You're going to have that body forever and ever except it's going to be perfected. It's going to be immortal, incorruptible, imperishable, uh, without blemish. It's going to be without illness. You'll feel no sickness, no sorrow, no pain. That body of yours is going to be made perfect. And earth is going to be perfected as well when it's absorbed into heaven. And we have the new heavens and the new earth. As Dr. Scott Hahn says, Christ will come back, lay his hands over the earth, and he will transubstantiate the earth, and we'll have a new heaven and a new earth. How does that look like? I don't know, because I haven't been there. I haven't been there, but I can't wait to find out. Then it says, for in hope we were saved. So anytime you talk about the issue of salvation, when I talk with a Protestant, I always say, you always have to insert the word hope in there because sometimes they'll just say it as a matter of a fact. I'm saved. I'll say, okay. But St. Paul says, in hope we're saved. Hope is a virtue. Hope is a theological virtue that's still in the, it's in the distance. It's a future reality. It says, now hope that sees for itself is not hope. For who hopes for what one sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait with endurance. That's why as Catholics... In this lifetime, to get to the next lifetime, we need faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And as St. John of the Cross, doctor of the church says, he says, in the twilight of our life at the particular judgment, we will be judged by how much we loved God and others. Mm. 
good stuff. St. John, John of the Cross. Mm-hmm. Well, we're about to hit the uh, hit the break, Paul. We're going to be talking about uh, Cardinal Mueller. Paul picked out a great article I wanted to share it with us where he criticizes the heretics and globalists at the Synod. And uh, again, we know that God can't bless sin. And uh, thanks be to God, to the good Cardinal for for speaking the truth in charity. So uh, we'll be right back. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Got a lot to say. Jesse show happy holy Halloween it is uh, Halloween is uh, means holy evening before all saints day as Catholics remember let's uh, uh, tomorrow's a holy day of obligation and today make sure that you bump up your prayer time make sure that you do the 12 noon Angelus three o'clock divine mercy make sure you do your rosary and when the ghouls and goblins start coming over not a bad idea to have gregorian chant playing in the background want to talk about cardinal Mueller? he says synod and synodality is being used by some to prepare the church to accept false teachings he's the former prefect for the congregation of the doctrine of the faith before he was fired by pope francis for being too orthodox Mm -hmm. and uh there was an interview on October 24th with the National Catholic Register. These guys are one of the good papers. They're, they're the good guys. And uh, Cardinal Mueller is asked a, f- a few questions. And here is what he says. The first question they asked him was this. Your eminence, Cardinal Mueller, what has been your overall assessment of the synod on synodality? I was invited by the Pope to participate as bishop, as former prefect of the congregation, of the doctrine of faith and just spoke about my theological competence. I was asked, what's the difference with the former synods also in terms of its method? It's very clear that in the former synods, the bishops were the subjects who led it all. Its organization and its input did not come from above. In the former synods, all bishops in the plenary could speak about what they wanted. Now everything is led, it is pre-organized, and it is difficult to speak in the plenary because it's only a short time, because only a short time is given. And according to the rules, you can only speak once and only for three minutes. This is rigged. Question, you just had one opportunity to speak to the plenary, to the full assembly. Yes. And the question he asked, he asked Cardinal Mueller, yeah. would you have liked to speak for more? Yes, yes, <laughs> but, it, but it wasn't possible. For the next part of the Synod, it will be important to recognize it, to give more freedom, more opportunity for the bishops to present their ideas. It must become more like a Synod of bishops for the bishops to reclaim their role as advisors and witnesses of the revealed truth. Question Cardinal Mueller, there was a great emphasis on the Holy Spirit at the Synod. What did you make of that? Some speakers said, we must be open to the Holy Spirit. But the voices of the Holy Spirit 
were the persons invited to speak to the assembly. These were the voices of the Holy Spirit, as it were, as beginners, if, as if, oh, as if it were beginners in the study of theology. No, it we was were. like, as, oh, as if we oh, were, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. 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 As if we were beginners in the study of theology. It was like seminary or at university, but a synod is not school for beginners. And yet they were speaking to us, the bishops, uh, as if the bishops don't know much theology. Many bishops there understood theology and they couldn't speak of their knowledge. Next question was asked, Cardinal Mueller, can you give, can you give an example of how the synod organizers understood the Holy Spirit to be working? Yes, one of the assigned speakers who was influenced by the LGBT, LGBT ideology spoke of a relative who was bisexual, who committed suicide, and the conclusion was that the church must be open, not to these persons, but to the ideology. The ideology is to blame for this, but we cannot resolve theological questions and problems through emotion. This is only speaking emotionally about the Holy Spirit, and we were told we mustn't make controversies. That <laughs> speaking strongly against anything is impossible, or one is stigmatized as an enemy of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it was rigged. They're saying, you yeah. sit down there, just sit down there and shut yeah. up, and we'll tell you what to do, and we'll tell you what direction we want to take the church. The next question they asked them, Cardinal Mueller, how how do they know, these modernists, how do they know this is the Holy Spirit? They don't speak of the Holy Spirit, only of the Spirit. But the first letter of St. John, the fourth chapter in the beginning says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. Some speakers also speak of openness and define what tradition is, saying that it is not static, it is dynamic, typical modernist. Yeah, uh, and in other words, evolving, like evolving constitution, Paul. Yes, as if truth changes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Catholic but, but in, evolves. Catholic truth evolves. Yes. Right, yeah. Right. But in the end, all of these so-called synodal reflections are aimed at preparing us to accept homosexuality. <laughs> Only this. What wasn't spoken about was Jesus Christ or divine revelation. The grace of human persons created according to the image of God and the likeness of God and of God as the goal of our human existence. All is being turned around so that we must be open to homosexuality, the ordination of women. If you analyze it, all is about converting us to these two themes. Wow. Cardinal Mueller. Wow, Jess. <laughs> Cardinal Mueller, and also governance. Do you think it's also an attempt to overturn the hierarchical governance of the church? Yes. Some have this image of an inverted pyramid of governance. But at the center of this pyramid is the personal will of the Pope and of his advisors and collaborators. This can be an image for making clear to children. But a pyramid or a 
polyhedron is not a biblical image of the church. These are images coming out of mathematical geometry. Instead, they should be looking towards biblical images of the church in Lumen Genium. The shepherd and the flock and all these images of a, of a vineyard and so on. Some speakers had a sociological idea of the church, a naturalistic understanding of the church, but they did not have the theological understanding. They're always speaking of the spirit, but the spirit is not a, is not a fluid. The spirit in the church is the third person of the Trinity. He is a person, and we never can speak of the Holy Spirit without the Son and the Father. Always. And at all times, we speak of the spirit of the Father and the Son. Hardly ever mentioned was Jesus Christ, only in a pedagogical way, in ways that transform the parables and their meaning. Jesus didn't condemn the woman in adultery, for instance. Intervention spoke of our relation to Jesus, but not as Jesus, as the word of God given to us once and forever. Cardinal wow. Mueller to what extent were doctrine, faith, and morals mentioned? Only at the tables. We could speak a little about them, but only for a few minutes. They were more a collection of impressions, but it wasn't profound theological thinking. How is that possible in this context? For the rest, there was only a possibility of some interventions, but it was all a little too, a little bit manipulated and depended on who was allowed to give theological interventions who the spiritual guides were they were <clears throat> paul they were blind guides it was the blind leading yes. the blind amen except, brother except except for Mueller and some of the other good guys cardinal yes. Mueller, looking at the delegates many of them were persons whose theological views benedict the 16th and pope john paul ii disagreed with what would benedict have made of this synod one theologian chosen to address the assembly spoke all the time of Joseph Ratzinger, but all this was trickery. It was not a true reverence for him, for his theology. They want to revitalize old modernism by referring to Ratzinger, but Ratzinger had nothing to do with modernism. St. Paul, for example, spoke against homosexuality, but they say, we have our new insights revealed by the Holy Spirit. And so from now on, homosexual acts or the blessing of homosexual acts are a good thing. That is their idea. It's abusing the Holy Spirit in order to introduce doctrines that are openly against Holy Scripture. They will say, yes, we are in continuity. We have the right understanding of tradition and Scripture and so on. All the time, we are referring ourselves to Jesus Christ. It's a selected way as if Jesus was only a teacher of morals like Gandhi and so on. They never say or accept that Jesus is the word of God become flesh, the incarnation. And Jess, I'm just going to add to that, that they were introducing doctrines of demons. <laughs> That's yeah. a fact. I agree. <laughs> That's why yeah. I'm laughing. It just, you're just so spot on. Uh, yep. Cardinal Mueller, a, a German bishop attending the synod, told reporters during the synod that it's important to put Christ at the center, but at the same time, we need to put aside apostolic tradition. What did he mean by this? This is a trick. 
they are making. They are not directly presenting these ideas, but sending these people like this bishop to say these things and and are then saying it as, just as his personal opinion. But in reality, they are developing an understanding that is not coherent with the Catholic faith. A prominent German bishop in the German synodal way told this synod that all the themes they raised in Germany should become Germany's example for the world. But in recent years, the church in Germany has lost a third of its members, has few vocations, and Sunday mass attendance has collapsed. That cannot be the way for the future. The Pope called on the German bishops to focus on evangelization, but they have done the contrary. Cardinal Mueller, what do you say to the criticism that this is not a synod of bishops as nearly one-fifth of the participants are laity who for the first time have a vote? Do you think there's a problem with the synod's canonical legitimacy? The synod organizers reaffirmed yesterday it's a synod of bishops. But how can it be when lay people have the same voice, they have the same time to speak, and they take away opportunities for the bishops to have the possibility to speak? It's not in reality a synod of bishops, but more like an Anglican understanding of a synod with three chambers according to a worldly parliament. This is not the Catholic Church. They must clarify what it is. Is the constitution of, of this synod of bishops based on the sacrament of holy of orders, or is it like a low-level seminary seminar? Wow. Cardinal yeah. Mueller, several participants have never said, have, we'll, we'll pick it up on the next side. This is good stuff. Cardinal Tell us Mueller. what you really mean, Cardinal Mueller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making any comments because I'm loving it. He's exposing yeah. these guys for what they are. Oh, yeah. They're modernist oh, yeah. Marxists and Masons. We'll be yeah, right back. Stick it. around. Don't go anywhere. Cardinal Mueller, my hero. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's he's a uh, Cardinal Mueller. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're not very happy to see him over the synod of synodality because he's just he's just speaking the truth. And uh, uh, these things are like uh, atom bombs exploding over there. Yes. Cardinal Mueller is 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 uh says that the sin is being used by some to prepare the church to accept false teachings it's a well-written article by the national catholic register they interviewed him and uh let me just finish it up here so they ask him cardinal Mueller. several participants have said the sin seems very controlled how does he respond yes very controlled they presented a letter of the to the people of God, and then they told us to applaud it for courtesy, saying it was the consensus of everybody. The applause was the vote. They then brought it to every table and said everybody had to sign it. A woman or a man took wow. photos of everybody signing it, and everybody was signing it. Then they said we had until four o'clock in the afternoon to send any amendments, but first we had to sign it. Wow. Like Nancy Pelosi, first... First, we got to sign it before we know what's inside the, the bill. <laughs> good, good, good analogy. <laughs> he, 
Here, so, Colonel Mueller, do you think of walking out in protests against the Synod? He says no. Cardinal Mueller says yeah, no. Yeah, no. That's what he, he said. No. Yeah. Yeah. Then he's yeah. asked, Cardinal Mueller, do you still do you still see it as a hostile takeover, as you said before the Synod? It is not clear. They do not say openly what they mean. They cannot say openly. We want to contradict the word of God, but they are introducing a new hermeneutic with which they want to reconcile the word of God with these ideologies, anti-Christian ideologies. But we cannot reconcile Christ and the Antichrist. This homosexual LGBT ideology is at the center and anti-Christian ideology. It is the spirit of the Antichrist speaking through them. It's, yeah, it is absolutely against creation. And their trick is to mix pastoral care for for these persons with the anti-Christian ideology. We, the church, are the only ones who respect the dignity of everybody, of sinners, of persons with problems in every sphere. But the solution to these problems is the way of Jesus Christ, the good Mm. doctor must get, okay, the good doctor must give the best medicine and not say it's all okay. Oh, I love this guy, Jess. (laughs) Yes, I, I love this guy because he speaks the truth with clarity. Only, only, only if Francis would be so clear. Oh, Francis, you know, only continue praying that that happens one day. So he's asked Cardinal Mueller, often Christ's words to to go sin no more are never mentioned. And instead, it seems to be mostly all about welcoming. Uh, I just uh, jumped it over here. Hold on one second. He says, Cardinal Mueller says, "They're, they're changing the definition of sins. There are no sins for some of them. They're only wounded people. They're not sinners. They're wounded people. Wounded by the church, by the doctrine of the church. <laughs> they don't believe yeah. in original sin or, or sin as yeah. an act. They don't deny yeah. it theoretically, but practically. The church for them is the aggressor. And so the church must do this. Uh, must do this. The church is responsible. But what is the church for them? In reality, they're speaking of themselves. They say, we are the church. But if they're speaking negatively of the church... They're speaking of, of the church as an object. Article 11 of the Second Vatican Council's Constitution, Lumen Gentium, says the church is the holy body of Christ and we can wound the body of Christ with our sins. But for some of those of the synod, Christ is wounding us. If mm. I am stealing your money and you call me a thief, for them, it's you who are wounding me. Yeah, so these modernists, Paul, it's the word of God that, 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 that uh, wounds them, that they're, that they're all mad about. It's because they don't yeah. want to amend their lives. They don't want to change their lives. And so the word of God wounds them. And that's what the soul crybaby session is about. Isn't that amazing? Cardinal, Cardinal Mueller, where do you see all this leading? How is this going to play out in the next year or beyond? What are going to be the consequences of this? He says, I think the goal is to make the church conform more with this international agenda 230. That's Klaus Schwab, the, the World Economic Forum. And we've mm-hmm. seen this in the politics who is, uh, uh, who is, of who is invited to publicly visit the Pope. Yeah, Karl Schwab. Mm-hmm. They're not normal families with five children. They are never invited. No, they're usually, <laughs> they're usually bisexuals, transsexuals, and so on. 
And, and this is all a provocation. There's all this propaganda. No Orthodox bishops are shown meeting with him. But the abortion party, meaning the Democrats, they're always there. He's talking about the Vatican. Jesus said to go out into the world to everybody to make disciples, teach them the faith, and baptize them, them if they are accepting the faith. That means going to the whole world, not inviting the world in and letting everyone be what they want to be. Uh, Why well, he took a straight shot at Pope Francis, or he, or he just identified Pope Francis as his network of friends. All the leftists mm -hmm. and woke people are invited to the Vatican, but if you're an Orthodox Catholic bishop or cardinal, guess what? Uh, stay outside. You can't come in. Yeah, Jess, you remember with Cardinal Burke when uh, he went over there and they wouldn't let him in because he didn't have a mask or something? <laughs> some, some nonsense, you know? Yeah, it's just uh, incredible. Well, moving right along, Pope Francis, his new book, Hails Islam as a Religion of Peace. So I guess he's borrowing a page from George Bush. Uh, who first pushed that propaganda on us. Uh, a new book recounting the last 10 years of his pontificate, uh, which I'll be sure not to read. Pope Francis is defending Islam as a religion of peace and suggesting the possibility of making celibacy optional for Latin Rite priests. The book's called mm. You're Not Alone, Challenges, Answers, Hopes. Uh, published in Italian, the pontiff calls upon Europe to integrate Muslim migrants, insisting that radical Islam is a problem and represents a perversion of, relig of religiosity because Islam, in truth, is a religion of peace and the majority of its members are peaceful. As they say, either you're a terrorist or you're a Muslim. Then, by the way, we find fundamentalism in all religions, Francis observes. Radical Islam is a perversion because it is a religion that talks about peace. The Pope narrates an encounter with an apostolic nuncio destined for an African country. The nuncio described how Muslims in the cathedral of his capital would form a long queue to cross the holy door and obtain jubilee indulgences. The Muslim devotees then headed for the altar where they find the image of the Madonna because Mary is venerated in Islam, the nuncio told Pope Francis. In any case, I consider myself ignorant when it comes to international politics, but I believe that the rise of ISIS, Islamic State, is based on an unfortunate Western choice, Francis said. So we're to blame for it. Blaming the West mm -hmm. for the creation of the terrorist Muslim outfit. Celibacy, now he talks about, is a torture. It becomes impossible if one experiences it badly. The Gulf War was a real disgrace, not to say one of the worst cruelties. Saddam Hussein was certainly no angel. On the contrary, but Iraq was a fairly stable country. War warning. I'm not defending Qaddafi or Hussein, but what did the war leave behind, asked the pontiff. And in this instant on, on the Gulf War, I totally agree with him. He's right. Organized anarchy and more. Therefore, I believe we must not export our democracy to other countries, but rather help them develop a process of democratic maturation according to their characteristics, Francis notes. Well, Paul, that's never going to happen because uh, Islam, Islamic countries uh, hold a Sharia law. Sharia law is at odds with, with the Constitution. It's at, at odds with the Holy Bible. It's at odds with the democracy. And this is something Pope Francis seems to ignore. Any comments yes, about does. some of the things that he says here? Yeah. Uh, in particular, Jess, when he talks about, you know, that Islam is not the only religion that has fundamentalists, you know, and he, he, he centers in on fundamentalists as being the enemies. But, you know, uh, in reality, Jess, you and I would be considered fundamentalists within right. the Catholic Church. Yeah, if so, you uh, go to the Latin Mass, and if you believe in the Word of God, inerrant and fallible, you're a Catholic yes. fundamentalist. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes, he's, yeah, he's said and, it before. Yeah, yeah, and and that's because you know, 
you know, regardless of your ideology, you know, somebody who actually believes what is taught, you know, is willing to bet their life on it, right? Yeah. And for him, that that equals uh, seems to equal, you know, uh, a, a negative thing. But in reality, Christ called us to give our life. No greater love is this that a man lay down his life for his friends. And we're called to emulate Christ. And, and what did Christ do? Uh, God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so we're to take that example. And and instead of being uh, spectator Catholics, you know, Jesus is inviting us to come down and to pick up our own cross, our own instrument of death. If any man wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. Why? Because in doing that, we demonstrate our love and our love is 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 most expressed yes when we're you know when we're willing to sacrifice the ultimate and that's our amen. life amen brother uh pope francis here in this article he takes a shot at traditional catholics <laughs> so, so, so he's asked about traditional catholics and he says so he's yeah. looking at you paul looking at he says asked to traditional catholics who do not like who do not like his approachable attitude and his accessible language, the Pope responded. And they're talking about traditional Catholics. He says, mm -hmm. many are scandalized because they claim I am desacralizing the papacy. They belong to the, let us say, more aristocratic sectors. On the mm. contrary, the simple people feel a, a, a just veneration for the Pope. So he's saying simple people from third world countries that, you know, not very well catechized, that they love the Pope and love him and love his papacy. But he's saying that aristocrats, he's talking about American traditional Catholics. Aristocrats, mm -hmm. he means that we're part of uh, this elite privileged class because we live in America. Mm -hmm. Those podcasters, uh, those people that had that, that, that uh, you know, are well versed in their Catholic faith. He calls us yeah. rigid, aristocratic. Uh, 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 he calls us, yeah, he says it. He says the word conservative. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but he should be saying he should be saying the more educated sectors because it, that's what it is. Yes, Paul, that's what that's mm -hmm. what, what we're in an interesting time because in no other time in history have we had such educated Catholics like we have right now, and yes, the ability yes. to put out the truthful information. Nobody's ever had this ability, but this generation of Catholics, and so we have to use it for the salvation of Holy Mother of the Church. We'll be right back. Amen. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We live in the best of times. We live in the worst of times. I think it was Robert Frost that wrote that in one of his books. Paul, one of the things that we have, the Pope called traditional Catholics aristocratic, we have the ability right now, thanks be to God, we can put out information truthful information immediately uh i mean uh, uh, across the world pretty much mm. uh, yes. i can uh, but we couldn't do that before and right. so for example you know back in 1048 when pope benedict the ninth when he sold the papacy there was no internet there's no podcasters to call him out what about pope alexander the sixth back in 1503 he was one of the borgia popes he fathered 10 kids and, mm. uh, and and he was also guilty of selling the papacy. He used to uh, he would hire all his uh, nephews and and and, and uh, 
and, and cousins and, and uncles, uh, and he'd make them bishops and cardinals. He was guilty of nepotism. In fact, when he died, his body was so fat, his corpse was so fat that it didn't fit in the coffin. Or, or what about mm. uh, Pope uh, Stephen VI uh, back in 897 AD? We didn't have the internet back then. And he was so angry with his predecessor, Pope Formosus. What did he do to Pope Formosus? He exhumed his body from the tomb, Pope Stephen VI, put him on the papal chair, tried him, cut off his fingers, then briefly buried him and said, nah, nah, nah. Took him back out of the coffin and threw him in the Tiber River, his skeleton. I mean, I mm. can go on and on. We didn't have the internet to call out some of these bad players in times past. And now we do, and this is what Francis doesn't like. So uh, moving right along, let's talk about anti-Christian bigot Jen Psaki. She was the former speaker of the of the White House. She's now working for MSNBC, the alphabet, uh, the 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 nutty uh, news channel that's uh, woke and left. She's warning Democrats that the new speaker Mike Johnson is dangerous because he's a Bible believing Christian. You know, I'm going to tell you, Paul. As I hear Mike Johnson speak, I have more in common with him than many of the the woke clergy that are speaking at the Synod of Synodality. You absolutely I, I, do. I'm more endeared to Mike Johnson as he speaks than I am to Father James Martin and other people speaking at the Synod of Synodality. Yes, yes, because fundamentally, to use that word, yeah. you know, we agree on so much. Yeah. And the one thing that we agree on is God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that, you know, so uh, we may disagree with our some of our Protestant um, uh brothers I call them separated brothers that's the Vatican yeah 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 we might we might disagree with them on you know on the interpretation of some things but make no mistake they you know the fundamentalists and the evangelical Christians out there they hold the word of God in high esteem yes they do. you know and 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 for them since they only have the word of God you know they 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 don't have the sacraments and nor the tradition capital T of the Catholic Church. That's everything for them. So they have to hold on to it for dear life. So yes, yes, we do have a lot in common with them. Absolutely. So the Democrats are becoming more godless and wicked by the day. It wasn't an accident that they booed God at their 2012 convention with their delegates. But the far left media was shocked when Representative Mike Johnson, Republican from Louisiana, was elected House Speaker last week. They had to work quickly to find dirt on the constitutional attorney and this man of faith. He's the practicing evangelical Christian. The godless party finally decided on a surefire tactic. What are they going to do? They're going to attack him on his faith. Mm. Foreman Biden spokesperson Jen Psaki led the charge on MSNBC this weekend on that crazy news station uh, where, uh, where, where basically it's completely woke and left, Jen Psaki said the following, quote, at first glance, Mike Johnson does seem fine. Finish? Conservative? Yes. But, but he once started a civility caucus with a Democrat. And, I mean, if nothing else, he wears a suit and has glasses. How threatening can this guy actually be? Well, he gave us a little clue as to how he would govern in an interview this week. 
Hmm. The video clip of speaker Mike Johnson, he says, quote, I'm a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media. They said, it's curious. People are curious. What does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's my worldview. I love that answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's Jen, my worldview. Jen Saki said, you heard that right. The Bible doesn't just inform his worldview. It is his worldview. In fact, Amen. <laughs> in fact, during his first speech in his new job, Johnson suggested that his election as speaker was an act of God. Talk about mm. a, a bit of a humble brag there. So what exactly has God apparently called on Mike Johnson to do, Jen Psaki says? Well, his views on policy are essentially what you'd expect from a, from a religious fundamentalist. They're more divisive than they are divine. So what we're seeing here, Paul, is a classic. This is open discrimination based on his Catholic faith. Oh, no doubt about it, Jess. I'm reminded of sacred scripture that tells us the things of God are foolishness to unbelievers. Jess, and and Jen Psaki is a prime example of that. For her, this is, you know, this is outrageous. But in reality, uh, you know, uh, this man is, is, is speaking truth and he's putting God first. But he has to know that when he does that, he's going to suffer persecution, right? Because those that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But on that note, I'll just add this. We were, we were made to suffer. You see, yeah. what the world runs from, we run to. Why? Because we're willing to suffer. The test yeah. of, you know, you talk to a parent that may have a wayward child or something, and they, they suffer greatly. Why do they suffer? Because of their great love. And suffering is what God uses in order to demonstrate and perfect our love. Amen. Um this uh mike johnson i asked myself i scratched my head i'm saying this is open discrimination based on his faith they did the same to uh the the u.s supreme court the female supreme court justice who's catholic she has six kids uh Mm. amy comey barrett yes and uh and because she has six kids when she was being grilled by by senator diane feinstein who just who just died by the way um she 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 looked at her said how many kids do you have six she and then she said the dogma lives loudly within you mhm if and that she should have said and amy should have said amen sister <laughs> <laughs> she should have said amen sister but she's not her sister but amen anyway <laughs> yeah 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 to me paul i i i did you ever imagine in your lifetime that we would have a major american party that hated Christians. They they openly despise Christians. And we've seen it again with uh, Amy Comey Barrett. We're seeing it again now with Mike Johnson. We've yeah. seen it, yeah, we've seen it in, in time past in other instances. Every chance that they're every time they're in power, you'll see that they'll and and they'll have one of the Democrats that'll go up and do the Pledge of Allegiance when they're in power. When they have a trifecta, they will yeah. <laughs> they will omit yeah. to say one nation under God okay. when they're in power. It, so just, and, and I've mentioned this before uh, on Jesus 911 at times, but if I, you know, 
if I held a gun to you and I'm about a foot in front of you and I'm just a little bit off and I pull the trigger, it's going to hit you. But if you were a hundred yards back and my, and my hand was at that very same angle and we, you know, I would miss you by a country mile. Mm. And so this is what error does. Okay. And so again, we have a lot to be thankful for, for the, you know, the framers of our country, uh, but you have to remember, we were just coming out of a very Catholic shaped world. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the things that they stood for were very Catholic, but the errors that they introduced, and one of them is this, this mm -hmm. idea of separation of church and state as a good thing, or that everybody has a right to worship as they choose, rights are something that are given to us by God. And if what we say as Catholics is true, there is one God, one baptism, one faith, then every other so-called um, uh, solution is nothing more than man's attempts to try to reach God on his own terms, is nothing more than the Tower of Babel being rebuilt, you know, and that will not stand because the because there is one God, there is one faith, and he is Lord over everything. Amen. And make Jesus Lord of your house today during Halloween before the ghouls and goblins come. Make sure that you're prayed <laughs> up. Make sure that uh, stand in front of your living room, get some holy water, do Psalm 91 and say this, make the sign of the cross and go, I claim Psalm 91 protection over my entire property, every inch of my property, every article in my house, and every person that's going to enter my property. I place Psalm 91 protection over them and pray Psalm 91 and then sprinkle holy water in your living room. Make sure you, you do your 12 noon Angelus, your 3 p.m. Divine Mercy. Make sure you get your rosary in today. And uh, not a bad idea. Play some Gregorian chant as the ghouls and goblins are coming. And uh, hey, if you got a, a Christian, t a Catholic Christian t-shirt, a Catholic Christian baseball bat, wear the largest crucifix around your neck that you can. Uh, when the ghouls and the goblins come knocking at your door and you open the door and you give them some candy, tell each one as you look at their little faces, say, God bless you. Look at the next one. Jesus Amen. loves you. Look at the next one. God bless you. Make sure that they walk out of your house receiving a blessing from you, the patriarch or the matriarch. Yes. And uh, well, that's a wrap, Paul. That's it. Any yeah, comments? And Yes, yes. I And pray that the dogma live loudly in you. Uh, <laughs> uh, and one last thing I'd like to add, Jess, is uh, Bishop Athanasius Schneider said that he prays more for the Pope than he has ever prayed for anyone in his life. And he, wow. and he said it with such a love and a compassion. And, I, and, you know, we may laugh at a few things here and there, but, you know, we need to remember to keep Pope Francis in prayer because Good. God calls us Amen. to pray for him. Amen. Pray for those in authority. Yep. Yes. October 31st, the Vigil of the Solemnity of All Saints. Tomorrow is a holy day of obligation. Me and Paul will be united with all of you tomorrow as we kneel down and receive the Holy Eucharist on our tongue. And let's stay united every single day, family, as we pray our daily rosary. Our Lady, she binds us together with those beads. See you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. God bless you. Keep the faith. <laughs>